Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. No matter if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, on staff at your church, or a stay-at-home mom with little ones wrapped around your ankles, your work matters. And God wants to use you right where you are for His kingdom purposes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today we have Michelle Coates on the show with us, and Michelle is the founder and principal of El Paso Christian School, which was established in 2016. She is a former public school teacher. She was also an administrator in the public school for four years after teaching for 14 years in the school. She is a wife, she is a mom of three, and she is also a wellness coach. And friends, I am super excited because Michelle and I actually know Michelle personally in my own real life. We're actually sitting in the same room together. Hey, Michelle. (laughs) Um, My kids actually attend um, El Paso Christian School, and that is how we know each other. And um, I think think our listeners, Missy, today are going to be really inspired by her story. And uh, we, Michelle, there's so much to just talk about with your life and what God is doing in you. We can't wait to jump in and hear more about it. Thank you. I am blessed and just grateful to be here, Courtney. Thank you so much. Michelle, well, welcome to the show. One of the first things we like to do with all of our guests is to ask them three rapid-fire questions. Are you up for this? Sure. Okay. So question one, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, For the simple fact, I had a dog, Sam, and he was my very best friend. And so whenever we took him to the vet, I loved the way they took care of my favorite person in the world. Mm -hmm. So um, I always wanted to be a veterinarian growing up. So sweet. Um, All right. Second rapid fire question, Michelle. What was your very first job? I actually worked at a pizza place down the street when I was 15 years old for seven years. And I absolutely loved it. It's a great place to work when you're in high school. And lots of memories and lots of friends that I'm still in contact with. So it was a place called Pizza Pros. Yay, Pizza Pros. First jobs, always the best. They always leave a lasting impression on us, don't they? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And then you're from, speaking of first jobs, you grew up right here in El Paso, Texas, correct? Yes, I did. All right, so just been here your whole life. Right down the street. Wow. All right. Okay, and the last question is what kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80 years old? When I'm 80, I will not be working for anyone but the Lord, uh, serving and volunteering however I can, but I'm I'm definitely not going to be having a nine-to-five anything other than nine-to-five grandma. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, Michelle, we mentioned that you taught in the public school system, and now you uh, have founded this Christian school. Um, You taught for 14 years. You said you you mainly taught middle school science, right? Yes, that's correct. And then four years you switched over and did administration. So one might hear that and think, wow, you know, almost 20 years in public school. I mean, that's almost basically, I mean, isn't it like 25 years for a career status? And then, correct. So you were almost, I mean, just not very long away from hitting that 25 year mark. And then you made this switch um, to start El Paso Christian School. Um, What... What caused you to make the switch? Was it something you were kind of unsettled with within the public school system? Or, you know, what what was going on in your heart and life for you to make this change? 
When I was in public education, I loved every moment of it with the kids. Never anything wrong with that. Um, towards the end, though, I really felt that there was a switch and the school was more of a business entity and not really caring for children. And there was so much pressure on the teachers, so much pressure on the students. And I personally just felt that students were test scores and nothing more. And that mm -hmm. was their importance. And that was how they found their value and their self-worth was how well did they do on these tests that we're making little kids do. And that was very disheartening. Um, when I left the public school, it wasn't to open a Christian school. It was because I really felt the Lord wanted me to be home to raise my, my last child, my boy, Michael, who is now six. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I'm sure we'll probably get into that later, but I resigned from the school district to be a stay-at-home mom is what I thought. That makes sense. Wow, it's so amazing how the Lord will allow us to start with one journey and really guide us through a whole other one. That's so interesting. Well, Michelle, one of the things that I read in your bio was that you came to Christ 13 years ago. So that meant for part of your time teaching in the public school, you didn't know the Lord. And then when you did, you were still there in the public schools. How did, this might be two parts, but how did your, I hear you say you had a passion for these children. How did your new view through the lens of Christ change that or even add layers to that passion? And did you have any believers in the public school system that you were able to go to to help influence you and grow with them? I grew up in a Christian home and you know, if you were well, you went to church. The only reason to not go to church is if you were physically <laughs> sick as we were walking out the door. So mm -hmm. it was perfect attendance at Sunday school, perfect attendance at church, but I did not have a relationship with the Lord. So mm -hmm. I knew him, but it was not a relationship until mm -hmm. in my 30s, I realized that something was missing and going to church every Sunday and checking that off the box did not mean that I was saved. And I, I would have gone to hell had I died at that time. Um, I grew up thinking you had to work your way to heaven and that if I was good enough and didn't do certain things, then I was going to heaven. And so in my mind, all these years, I was heaven bound because I was the, the typical, the good girl and followed the rules and, and got good grades and listened to my parents. Um, but I was in San Diego at the time and just invited to a church and started to question and realize that there was so much more and thank the Lord that um, somebody invited me so that I could build a relationship and see what I was missing and um, just be saved. And not because my mom said I was saved, not because I got baptized when I was 10, um, but because I had a true relationship with him. Um, in San Diego, I was at a school at the time when I, I was baptized and, and saved and just on fire for God, I can't say that there were other, I know there were, but I can't say I had conversations with any other Christian teachers mm. at the school. Um, it was a, a huge little school and we kind of kept to ourselves. Okay. But when I was there with the kids, it was a, a different kind of passion. And I saw each child the way that God sees me. And I knew in most of their lives, I was the only person praying for them. And that became such a huge responsibility. Mm. And so I, I can't say I had teachers or anybody that influenced me while I was there, but I know I was a, a big influence to the, the kids that I was around when I was in the public school system. Wow. And so when I hear you talk about, you know, you, you worked around possibly Christians, you're not really even sure. It's hard for me to, I grew up in a really small town in the Bible Belt, 
and most I went to the public school growing up, you know, from kindergarten to my senior year of high school. And my town was so small that most of my teachers I knew from church, they were believers. And so it, it's hard for me now. This is I'm talking Bible Belt to San Diego, so it's a lot of difference there, right? Mm-hmm. But it is wild to me to think that there are probably even women listening to this who work in the public school system who know the Lord are even listening to this podcast because of their desire to incorporate their faith into their work. And I wonder it just to me it the the, the idea of evangelism of how these women. Mm-hmm with just their coworkers, you know, to speak the gospel and just be a Christian light to the women that they rub shoulders with in those staff meetings, you know, that I guess are probably once a week or once a month, you know, or who they sit next to in the cafeteria, you know, if they don't have to sit with their class or whatever. But um, I don't know, that blew my mind to hear you say that there really was not um, a particular influence for Christ within your teaching experience among the women and I guess men too that you worked with. So I hope women teachers listening follow the Lord and speak the gospel. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you say, you said God brought you home so that you could homeschool your kids. How did you go from, or just be at home? I don't know if you said homeschool, but I just assume as an educator, (laughs) that just happens to be. But how did you go from being, feeling like you were supposed to be home to then starting El Paso Christian School? It was three or four months after I resigned, and I had, you know, before resigning, I had done my due diligence and gone to several places um, in hopes of finding a daycare to leave my my child. I had found a small Christian school to take the girls to because they were older, um, but my son was in need of more daycare services, and I just was not content. Um, every place I went, I was I just was not settled. Mm-hmm. So eventually, as I said, I resigned and thought I was just going to stay home and, and be mom and, and be with him and raise him until he was ready to go to uh, a small Christian school like the girls were going to. A few months in, though, I really felt the Lord telling me, I hope you enjoyed your little vacation, uh, but this is why you resigned and this is why you were unsettled at all the places that you visited for, for your child. And I cannot say, I, I know people say they have these big encounters daily with him and they feel him every single day and leading them. Um, at no time in my life have I ever felt his presence and just so clearly been directed as when he told me to open the school. It wasn't anything on my radar. It wasn't um, anything I thought I would ever want to do, be asked to do, have the opportunity to do. Um, it was <laughs> a shock. And at the beginning, I was very resistant Mm -hmm. because all of the things you think you need to do that, I didn't have. I didn't have the time to do it. I didn't have the money. I didn't have a building, um, a mom with with three kids. So all of the things that I thought you needed to start a business, to open a school, we had none of those things. And so at first, I was walking in faith um, on the surface. And of course, God knew my heart, but I was afraid and I was doing the little things like, oh, let's find the name. Oh, let's pick out the school colors, all those things that don't mm-hmm. get you where you need to be. <laughs> and finally, um, I stopped <laughs> and just prayed and said, God, if, if this is what you really want for me, I'm all in. 
tell me what, tell me where, tell me how, because, you know, there's no directions, there's no instructions of let's open a Christian school in Northeast El Paso. It wasn't there. Hmm. So day by day, he just revealed what I needed to get through that day. And it was literally just step of faith, step of faith, stop being afraid. Um, and doors would close very quickly, which I was grateful for. And then doors would open. So what I decided, because we did not have an income to just go buy a building or rent Mm -hmm. a storefront was the best thing would be to go to churches so that I assume, you know, we're all on the same mission field, the same team winning souls for Jesus. So go to churches and, um, seek permission to use the classrooms that typically I would imagine are vacant during the week. So I started doing that and, um, in my heart, I knew that that would be the best place for us. But as I was going and visiting pastors, it kind of uh, was disheartening at their view of Christian education, their view wow. of letting somebody else use their building that didn't go to the church that um, I was asking permission to, to use. So it was lots of um, lots of heart lessons that I learned and wow. very, very interesting. Well, we'll just say it, <laughs> say it like that. But Eventually, the Lord brought us here to, uh, at the time, it was called Skyline Baptist Church, and um, I had presented to 15, 14 or 15 other churches before this one, and even this one kind of happened in the middle, and at the time, I was living on a different side of town, attending church on a completely different side of town, and the school that we're at right now, um, the location was not where I thought God wanted a school to be, and then he very much so um, made me aware that where we were in in this area right now was where he wanted us to be, Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, the the rest is kind of history. The church voted to allow us to come, and very grateful that beautiful classrooms that we could lease, and so we finally had a place, and then it was just, you know, getting the, the word out and praying for teachers and praying for families that we could serve. Wow. So you guys have been in this building, I guess, almost three years. Yes, we've been here for three years. And you see, the other thing, you might not even know this, this is kind of the personal side of the story, is when my husband and I were asking the Lord whether or not we, he wanted us to move to El Paso for my husband to um, serve here in a church. One of our big things, we always just really desired for our kids to have not just a Christian education, but a classical education. And friends, if y'all wow. know what that is, we'll drop a link in there in the show notes and tell you all about classical education if you're curious. And so, of course, we Googled all the Christian schools in town and saw several good ones. And um, but we El Paso Christian stood out because it said it was a classical school. And so we thought, oh my gosh, El Paso, moving to El Paso might be an option for us wow. because El Paso Christian School exists. And I have chills saying that because it is actually true. I could not wait to learn about the school. I could not wait to hear the story of the school. We came here to visit. We you know, toured the church and did all the interviews with the church. And we actually drove up here. Our church is on the east side of town. This might be more information than y'all want. The school is in the northeast. We drove up. We saw the school. We're like, oh my goodness, this could be our place, right? And so, as soon as we got home and um, got back, I called the school. I talked to Michelle, and just hearing just the story she just shared of just her journey of faith and how 
the Lord had led her in this. I can't tell you like that. The Lord like used her faith story to confirm that this was the city God wanted us in. And so you just never know how your step of faith is going to affect strangers you've never even met, you know, and, and what God is doing in, in someone else's life that someone is praying something somewhere and you have no idea that the step of faith you're about to make is going to be the Lord's confirmation of yes for them. And so I, Cannot tell. I think I probably shed tears when I first met you because I was so happy to meet you, Michelle, and so grateful that you obeyed the Lord because my family is blessed by it. And now the school has grown. I mean, you guys started out with just a couple of families, and now, especially with the coronavirus, how what are the how many students are you guys having now? We started with nine kids, and three of them had no choice because they were mine. Um, <laughs> so now we are at 86 students in just three wow. years. So he has grown us tremendously. And um, just along the lines of what you were saying, it's wonderful how you see all of his pieces come together in ways that you never expected. And similar stories with the families finding the school and teachers literally driving from where they are to El Paso and happen to come across our website and are we hiring and have classical experience and want their kids to have this education. But it's it's amazing from, from nine to 86 and so many pieces all woven together to have this beautiful tapestry that, that we have created here. Michelle, how has this grown your faith through this process to watch God do this incredible work using you, but then letting it grow beyond you with you at the helm. How has this really propelled you in your relationship to Jesus? In, in every way possible, Missy, is the, <laughs> the easy answer. It's the things that I have seen him do, the difficult times, and there were several. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't anticipating it to be such a rough road because I knew it was from him. Mm-hmm. And all of the obstacles, the speed bumps, my own children um, being affected with how much time I was spending at the school and getting it ready. And then once we opened the school, they were still, you know, we were here from 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. for an yeah. entire year. And I wasn't anticipating how difficult it was on them. But through that, God has just been so faithful because we have been faithful. And at the beginning, it was all just honestly fear-based I was afraid I I knew this is what he wanted me to do and I was very afraid of what would happen if I didn't do it Mm because as I said I knew with all my heart the first time ever that he was declaring and claiming this and giving this vision and I was afraid to do it but I was more afraid of if I don't do it and I know this is what he has for my family right now what would happen so it has just grown me out of a, a fear based life and uh, just walking by faith and every day knowing the next step is going to be revealed, not having to know everything in advance, which is my nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to know what's going to happen today and five years from now and 20 years from now for myself and my kids and their friends. You know, I'm very much a plan ahead. And so with this, he's very much taught me that day by day in his time, in his way and not my way. So I've had to get out of my own way and just pause and listen to his voice telling me what to do and being okay not having all of the answers and and walking by faith anyway right that's beautiful and i feel like there 
there's been so much provision. I mean, I've heard you speak about this in the past, even the discs that you guys have. Tell us the story about how you got it. I can't remember all the details of it, but you said you had been praying and asking and then what was it? Someone was getting rid of some desks. I can't remember what you told me. There, there was an, an auction for our, our huge school district that we live in. And um, we probably furnished the entire school and we still have a surplus of, of desks that we're waiting to for beautiful children to occupy. But it was $150 basically for probably 500 desks and chairs and God just really was like, here you go. You don't have money. The kids need a place to sit, obviously, to to do this. And I went to the auction, my first auction, I never even heard of it. And uh, my brother works for this district and he said, well, I know they have these auctions. I don't know if it's anything that you need, but you might as well just go check it out. So I went not, not having a clue and it was just so much fun. And even that day, the Lord was there because I didn't know what I was doing. And I had these these people that surrounded me and they were telling me and helping me in Spanish. And Spanish is not my native language. <laughs> wow. And it was just amazing that the people that God literally put right next to me to tell me, no, that's too high. No, wait, just bid on this. No, don't do that. And they're showing me all the hand signals to use. It was, wow. it was so much fun. <laughs> and at the end of the day, he provided everything beyond what what we need Uh, it was just amazing like I said a miracle in every way wow (laughs) and and if you guys don't realize the Spanish is cracking me up because El Paso if you don't if you haven't thought about it we're just right here on the border so there are a ton of, of Spanish speakers all around us so it just I can just see it in my mind these Spanish people tell in Spanish, no, don't buy, don't. It's just hilarious. They're just loving on me, and we, we made it work, and we got it all done. It was awesome. It's amazing. Well, tell me, this is a good segue. Tell me about the community where the school is and how the missional impact and you guys are able to have on this community. Um, as I'm sure you, you've kind of gotten a clear picture there, <laughs> our, our, our city is separate into you're on this side of town, this side of town, or this side of town. Okay. So the side of town that our school is on, it's not the place that you would think most people would open um, a classical Christian school. Wow. Just because there's our crime rate in our area is a little bit higher than the other sides of town. Um, the economic levels of the families, the families here typically are not as high as they are on the other sides of town. And so um, on paper, this would not be the place that you would expect to find a classical Christian school or just a, a private school in, in any case. So it, again, it was really just the Lord. And originally I had said, after this church had said yes to allow us to use the space, um, I told them no, that I didn't think this was the place for us. And I said, no, thank you and left. <laughs> And then the Lord, you know, but God and brought us back and we were having an event announcing our, our school location and it was going to be on the east side of town. And literally the day that the event took place, the pastor called and said, Michelle, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're not going to be able to use our church anymore. That day that we were announcing the oh, address to everybody. No. That same day, the pastor here where we are currently said, Michelle, I just want you to know the offer still stands if you haven't found a place and our, our church would like for you to come here on that same day. Oh. And so I was like, all right, God, I guess 
this is our new address. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And um, in our, I, I love our school because it's just, it's just like heaven's going to be. There's all shapes and sizes and colors, and it's, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful, and it is Sounds rare beautiful. in our city to see such diversity in one location. Um, when I went to school there, there was not a lot of diversity. I was usually the only African-American in my class. Mm -hmm. um, and then everybody else had, you know, similar skin tones. And I kind of stood out at our school. It's, it's just beautiful. Every race is represented. Um, and it's the, the melting pot, if you could call it that, of the Northeast. Everybody is here. And we have people that drive uh, 45, 50 minutes, teacher, an hour to come to school. And so the Lord has just blessed us with heaven and everybody all together, doing life together, serving him, uh, regardless of, of what your income level is, regardless of the color of your skin. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of. It really isn't it is. Just like the Lord, I'm sorry, but isn't it just no, like ahead. the Lord to allow such a high caliber, high quality education and such a passion and heart for people to come to the least of these, to the space where we would say, no, we're not going to go there. But that's exactly where God has you. Yes, for such a time as this. So beautiful. Uh, Missy, I'll just love that. I love what you just said. I think that is so true. The heart of God to care for this community. He hasn't yeah. forgotten this community. Michelle is using you. Yes. To be and feet to love on this, these families and these children. And Where I grew up. I, mean, I, I grew up here and then I had moved away to, to the west side of town and got married. And um, it was a drive trying to get three kids here at 630 in the morning. And so we prayed and decided, well, let's let's move closer to the school and such peace with that decision. And I absolutely love it here. Um, and just to be so close to all of our families and to see them at Walmart and, you know, driving around, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we're all here together. You have had a, not only career vocational shift, um, you have had a pretty huge health shift as well. Um, and over the last how many years now you've lost over 80 pounds, right? Just a year. Just a year. Oh, yes. Congratulations. So, wow. Um, I just found as I was going through opening the school and lots of excuses, um, but the stress and sleeping maybe three hours a night on a good night, um, I just let everything else go. And I was using food to fix everything. Um, and I could justify why. And so if I was tired, I would eat so I could stay awake to finish the paperwork and you know do all of these things. If I was happy because, yay, the contractor came in, then I would eat. If I was bored, I would eat. I mean, it was just, you, you name the reason, and, and food was the answer. Um, and I had completely let myself go, and it wasn't a, a physical appearance thing. It wasn't, I had no energy. We were here 12 hours a day, every day, um, even on the weekends, just, just getting things done. And by the time I got home, I had nothing to give to my kids. I mean, I was done because I was overweight. Um, it, was, it was hard to do most anything. I've had seven knee surgeries, so my joints are shredded. Um, so the, the energy and physical ability to do all the things that I knew God had in store for me, I wasn't able to do. And I finally, it was, it was last January, I had not prayed about that issue because I knew if I prayed that I would have to change. 
So I wanted to lose weight, yes, but I never shared it with anybody. It was a secret battle, and I tried everything. And then finally in January, I was like, okay, Lord, I, I surrender. If you help me find a way, I will follow through, and I will restore this temple, but I just need you to show me because I've tried on my own, and nothing has worked. And so, you know, he, he brought this program into my life and just changed everything. The way that I come across to my kids now, um, the way that it's, it's so interesting when I was first looking at the school uh, or locations for the school, I was severely overweight, um, looked, looked unhealthy, looked very tired and weary. And that's the way I was presenting myself to all these churches that I was praying would partner with us. And um, now going back to some of these same places for other things, now they're asking for the school to come. The same wow. people that told me no and who was I to think that I could open a Christian school as a woman. I mean, I have heard it all for me. Um, these same people that just judged me for what I looked like on the outside were now as if they didn't even remember. I'm like, do you remember that we had this conversation uh, three years ago and, and this is not your attitude? But it was just, it's just interesting how the confidence um, and how people perceive me now, and I've not changed on the inside, but there's been a, a very drastic physical change on the outside. Just um, in, in every way, things are, are different. And I feel like I finally have control over the one aspect of life that I didn't. And um, in ministry and teaching, you know, I spend all my time at church or at school. And in those two places, food is definitely always available and encouraged. And, you know, the snack list on Sunday, oh, my goodness, nobody brought snacks. Somebody run to go get donuts. I mean, it was like the focus of all of our social events at school, all of our social events at church. And um, I feel like it's the, the one thing that nobody wants to talk about. And as a, as a woman, I kept it private. My husband didn't even know. He still doesn't know what size clothes I wear. Nothing. Like, I, I was not ready to put that part of my life out for anybody to help me with. And I think so many of us, um, we, we are not okay with our temple, but we're embarrassed or we don't know how to get better. And at least that's how it was. And at church, it's, it's never brought up. I mean, you just, you don't have conversations about weight. You know, we had small groups of major crave and let's read this together. But then at the small group, there's donuts, you know? So it was, it's just like, all right, Lord, I know I'm not the only one struggling with this. Um, just fill my life with people that need what I have and let me help them restore their temple so that they can do everything that you have created them so that this is not uh, a hindrance. Um, this was the, the one thing you have complete 100% control over is what you put in your mouth. And I decided to take control of that in a good way and not let it be my stronghold as it had been for so many years. Yeah. Michelle and I are friends on Facebook. She posts these beautiful recipes and these beautiful pictures of her grilled chicken and all these delicious vegetables. How are you managing to with your time, I mean, commit so fully to all the different areas of your life, running the school, being present for your husband and your children, whatever involvement you have at your church. And then on top of that, devote the time to, okay, I actually have to be intentional now. Mentally, the mental space, and this is my downfall. It, 
the mental space I feel like it requires to, to go that extra mile, I just easily give up. How did you get there? It was hard, and it still is hard. Um, it was very much baby steps and praying every day. Lord, just give me today. Let me make great choices today. And so honestly, Courtney, I focused on my health journey first. And I, I got to where I, I needed to be and, and could feel great about being with the kids and having the energy. We hope you listeners have been as encouraged with this conversation with Michelle as much as Missy and I have been today. As we closed out the episode, we had one more question for Michelle. Listen in as she shares the one piece of advice that she'd give to women who want to honor God through their vocational calling. Coming from the public schools, and again, nothing against the public schools, I think there's a lot of times that teachers feel that their hands are tied because they can't pray in class and they can't have their Bible out and they can't do all those things. But if God has chosen them to to serve in the education sector, there's a reason and it's a heavy, heavy burden and responsibility that we have as Christians to be the light and be the the witness and, and the example. And I want people to know that you don't have to preach and stand in front of the class with the Bible to give a sermon. Your life is the sermon. I mean, they, they see God in you. Some of them don't know what it is. I've had some come and ask me, you're different, miss. What can you just, what's, what's different about you? And it touches my heart and then they get it. They can't put a name on it, but they know I have taken kids to church on Sundays um, you, you can be a light and you can be a vessel, whether you're carrying a Bible and preaching to your students and praying in front of them, um, that, that doesn't stop you from serving the Lord and being a light to them. And they see it and they want it and they know you're different. So you can preach to them without having a Bible and your, your, your life is the sermon that they're going to remember and they're going to follow for years to come. And I would just say for, for anybody that's, you feel the Lord telling you to do some things, sometimes it's a gentle nudge, sometimes with me it's like a, a good kick, um, follow. And it's not always going to be easy, but he's always going to provide a way for you. And there's going to be struggles and there's stresses, but those miracle moments that you see only God moments are amazing. So whatever he's calling you to do, whether it's comfortable or not comfortable, whether it's in the private sector or the public sector, just just do it with all of your heart and know he is going to be there leading you to what he's called you to do. Perfect ending. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. This has just been so good. I know this is, conversation is going to be a real encouragement to women who hear it. Um, so glad to know you. Thankful that, um, that you've been obedient and followed the Lord and been faithful just pray even more blessings on your life thank you partner thank you so much for having me thank you missy and thanks to you listeners for joining us today as we mentioned at the top of the show make sure to head to womenwork.net to download your free copy of this month's women and work going deeper bible study that's where we take content from today's episode back to the bible where you will study and gain a biblical foundation from the show's topics And while you're there, don't forget to grab your copy of the Women in Work podcast discussion questions. Again, our vision is to help lead you and your friends from work or your neighborhood or church into meaningful conversation that will help you take the next step of faith into your calling. 
If you were encouraged by today's show and don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, take a minute to rate and review our show. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. Thanks. Thanks.